Dear human, dear soul, I welcome you to my podcast series, Conversations with the Universe. Since a near-death experience, I have the gift to communicate with subtle levels of the cosmos. The knowledge from these for us invisible forms of energy I capture in my books and it is now a great pleasure for me to share this knowledge, these conversations with you as a supplement to the books. Please excuse me if the terms and articulations are not perfect. Our mother tongue is German, but we try to translate it to the best of our abilities. Thank you. Dear King Salomon, today I would like to interview you to the spiritual worlds or let's say to your perception of the spiritual worlds. I have been recording already in my very first book named Interviews with the Entities of Abhajanya a little bit of your perception and I would like to read this now and then later update it a little bit. So let's start into what I first perceived some years ago about your perception of the spiritual worlds. So, dear King Salomon, what happened after you left your body? The energy that was I turned into another form in the process of leaving the body. This happened like this. I used to experience the people as bodies, but also as energy because of the feelings through which I perceived. After I left the body, I was in a world of feeling and devotion. Through this I was suddenly able to perceive the energies much more clearly. The energies were different, sometimes colorful, sometimes cold, sometimes warm, sometimes peaceful. Wait a minute, you felt colors? <laughs> that is a funny question, Sylvia, but yes, I saw and felt it that way. But how did you perceive the human bodies in this state, I mean outside your body? It was just energy that I perceived now, not the shapes of their human bodies. In which environment did you receive the energy of the people? Around them it was even darker than the energy itself. It was like a sea of mud in which the energy dwelled. This mud was always equally thick. And were you afraid? Oh no. The energy inside you knows no fear. <laughs> it is the ego that is afraid. And what happened then? Then I felt drawn to another perception. Mm -hmm. I wanted to feel the purity again that I had felt before. That is why I moved away from this state and started on the path to the fifth level. And what did this path look like? Did this happen quickly? Did it happen slowly? It happened relatively slowly. I wanted to visit the individual levels and understand them. But please tell me about that. It is as if you are flying upwards in steps. Mm -hmm. I stopped again and again and looked closely at what I saw. The first level was the dark layer of mud. The next level was already lighter and I already felt better. 
There were many types of energy here similar to those that are perceived amongst the humans, but they were not surrounded by so much negativity. The environment was much lighter and more positive. And did you want to communicate with them? No. Just to observe. I knew where I was. Hmm. And according to your knowledge, where were you? In the world of the deceased who vibrate lighter and higher. Ah. And then? Then I went into the second level, those of the angels. This is where the many small orbs of light come from. Oh, really? Yes. The orbs were very lovely to look at. That was very beautiful. I liked watching them. This freedom, this peacefulness and joy that they emanate is wonderful. This is probably the reason why people have given that name to these orbs, the angels. <laughs> and what were the orbs doing? <laughs> the orbs were moving and dancing to and fro. Sometimes a master came and took them with him. What was we? <laughs> how how was this like? I mean, like, did they say, "Please come with me and help me with my mission"? <laughs> yes, exactly. And how did you perceive these masters? What did they look like? They are oval-shaped energies, mm -hmm. in the terms of your geometry, that visit those orbs. Those orbs then flocked around the oval energies and followed them. Then they went into another area. I could not see this anymore. Ah, and then? Then I ascended further, a little higher, and looked around there. And what did you perceive there? There I perceived the ascendant masters. Mm. There were many, many master energies. It's like a sea of oval energies that appears vast and powerful. It's very, very imposing. Wow. Did you ever check what your own body looks like in this perception? That is a good question, Sylvia. But no, mm -hmm. it was not yet in my perception that I could also have a body myself. My interests were elsewhere at the time. Actually, the word should be that you have a form yourself, not a body. <laughs> anyway, were you able to communicate with the masters? Hmm. The perception of the masters was very intensely engaged with human beings and with other beings in the cosmos. One moment, you mean to say with this that the masters are active on all planets and not just looking after the humans, right? Right. How can a master act and what exactly does he do then? Did you kind of like manage to find that out on your journey? The masters can only do something when they are called. Mm. That happens via prayer and direct invocations. Yes. And how do the masters work then? When they are called, they first direct their attention towards the wish or prayer. And it's only then that they react. It depends on the nature of the invoking energy. If it's pure, they can act faster. If it's contaminated, helpers are needed. 
Ah, and is it then that the shining orbs are doing their work? Yes, exactly. Understand. That means when a master wants to implement something, then he calls the orbs to his side in order to cleanse the energy that is coming. Exactly, Sylvia. He directs the orbs into the parts of this person that have to be cleansed. Mm. It's only then that he can act. The degree of contamination determines the effect that the cosmic power can achieve. And when they have fulfilled the wish of, or the desire, does the master's perception then return to their own energy? Yes. Once more, please, in order to clarify this for the people who prefer to think in terms of space, the energies of the masters remain in their own state, on their level, but they move their consciousness, their intention, right? Right. The masters need a certain kind of energy in order to be able to incorporate into bodies. That is rarely the case. This is why they remain on their level, but they direct their concentration and attention onto your plane. And what is this like in the case of the shining orbs? They really do come to Earth, don't they? Yes, they do. They are all able to come to Earth at all times. But they cannot always start to work immediately. That is not a thing altogether. The people are surrounded by this layer of mud and the angels, as you call them, need a little more time in order to get into this layer. This is why it is easier to work in a place like this here in Abhijania than in other places, because there is not there is not this layer of mud. And what happened then? I wanted to look further, and that is what I did. That is why I went to the next level, the fourth. On this level there are also masters, but those are different entities. This is where the higher energies of these masters work in special functions with special qualities. What did you perceive there? This is where I perceived the energy of Dominacio. The way he works with his energy in the world of humans. That was very interesting and I observed this very carefully. The people were close to him, but he was on this level. He was like a string that reached onto their plane. It's difficult to describe with words. Just a note from my, side, from my side. He sends me an image showing Dominatio directing his attention to the human beings and how the humans look up at him. He's vibrating very highly and appears to be above them, but very connected to them. The humans seek him and he is seeking them. But all of this appears to happen on and most of all through different levels. Hence the image of the thread. It is indeed really difficult to describe, but even if I find it very hard now to describe the image that he sent me, I wanted to, wanted to note it here. Dear King Solomon, but you passed over earlier in the reckoning of human history than Dom Ignacio. So how do you explain this? Yes, that is true. But Dom Ignacio was already in this energy at the time of my passing. Even if he himself chose to incarnate a few more times. I perceived him in this power 
independently of the incarnations and of how you perceive his work today. And when you observed him, was he in a state of incarnation at that time? Yes. That means that you perceived his higher consciousness, but his energy was inside an organism. Yes. And what, what, what happened then? I observed him further, but I also ascended onto a higher level. That is the level from which I am talking to you now. It's the region of the stabilized energies. I stayed there. There was no higher stage for me. This was the last level that I could perceive. Mm -hmm. I seem to remember that Chico Raffier insisted that you are also a member of the Wise Brotherhood. But that is located on the sixth level, isn't it? Correct. But the Wise Brotherhood works through several levels. This begins on the fourth level, and this is why Chico's perception is correct. But I am not with them the whole time. But I work from this level into the subject matter that is being worked upon. So, how do you perceive the Wise Brotherhood? I cannot perceive them fully, but I experience them as a very white and very light energy. Mm. How, do you, how did you feel <coughs> on the fifth level? Oh, that was very beautiful. I was surrounded by energies that wanted to help. It is as if you are welcomed into a family who has the same intention. Mm, I can understand. But don't all of the energies on the higher levels wish to help? The angels, the masters, the brotherhood and so forth? Yes, that is correct. But for me, this energy was the right one. And now you work from this level and you do not wish to incarnate, incarnate anymore, right? No. I don't need it. I can work from here. I prefer this. The wickedness of the humans is a very particular thing. Would you like to describe to me what it looks like up there where you work now? That is easy. It's light and beautiful. And do you perceive landscapes? Yes. But the shapes are a little different. We also have a kind of landscape, but it's more like a kind of cloud landscape. All is soft and light. Are there any colors? No, not like that. How many are you? Oh, we are very many. But that is not relevant. Then let us look to Abhajanya again. How exactly did it happen that you came to incorporate into Joao? Work on my level comes with high responsibility. I was looking for a change and I wanted to visit this being again that I had found so fascinating on the other lower plane. That is why I went to this plane once more and I saw what this being was like over there. I spoke to him and he explained to me how he worked. He was the institution that created the pathways to connect the work on spiritual and material levels. Then I observed how he went into the body of Joao. So you were not the first one to enter the body of Joao? No. He showed me how it worked, but I was the first one to be in Jaw's body when he started to perceive this consciously. You have to imagine this like a conversation about special communication. The energy that is Dominacio builds bridges. That means that he found Joao, 
he recognized him amongst the humans as a wide open soul and he began to prepare him to open even further. Then he was ready and I began to incorporations. That was the way. So you collaborated on this path from the start. Yes, that is right. Dominatio did not have to explain to me how this works. When I saw what Zhao was like, he is soft and open. We use this quality in order to go into him. And how does that feel? Oh, that is an interesting question. Sensation is not given to us anymore in principle. Not the way you know it in an organism. But it is a perception that still actually exists for us when we arrive inside him. It's relatively easy for us to occupy his energy. But when we are inside him, we tend to feel very constricted. It is as if you were being stuffed into a pram. It is much too tight. I understand. And I will stop now here to read the part of this older book, Interviews with the Entities of Abhajanya, and I will continue now with you in the actual book, Initiation into the Life Wisdom of King Solomon. So this was a little bit of the quotation from the older book and we carry on with our discussion. Are you still on the fifth level, dear King Solomon? <laughs> yes, I'm still there. You wanted to describe how your perception has changed. Then please carry on describing what else has changed. So you feel the wise brotherhood even more maybe now, more clearly. But what else has changed? Please describe as comprehensively as you can. During the transformation of the energy in the souls, very deep, intense things happen with the souls. Not touching the soul is the challenge, but its reaction to this touch. This means that you will experience this contact through every encounter and also every thought that you have as a human being. But the real resonance will not begin until you are here and they will stay with you through all times. It is similar here. We work and we continue to learn forever and ever. But please tell me, what does it look like there? What do you perceive now? Do you perceive more others, I mean other souls, other aural masters, as you have described them already? I still perceive the masters because they move and through these movements again and again claim the energy of the wise brotherhood. But I myself only really move when I'm being called upon. Otherwise, I rest within the energy of my soul. Mm. Please describe what you perceive. Vastness. The most beautiful, alive, quiet, vast, vastness that you can imagine. Mm. And the special thing here is that I feel this vastness entirely. You look out of the window and you see a white expanse. I feel it. Wow, that's a beautiful image. And that is exactly what I'm always trying to convey to the people, that they should please feel the vastness. But you know it's so hard. You talk to them and at the end of the day they haven't heard anything. <laughs> you might as well not have said anything. No. 
You know what I mean, but I think that I know what you are trying to say right now and I invite you a little because I know you have also experienced in my life, I know and have also experienced in my life, how healthy this feeling of vastness is because it carries so much freedom. The feeling of freedom and an incredible amount of energy following this freedom. Absolutely, you say it. Thank you for this impulse, Sylvia. For freedom is the key to the unfolding of your own energy. And there, where you have unfolded your own energy, your free will shall be better able to direct you more holistically and powerfully. When the soul is not free, neither is its free will. Mm. And can you perceive colors now? Oh, yes. Everything is very bright and colorful, but without dark colors, very cheerful colors. <laughs> you mean like the colors of the rainbow? Do they shimmer or are they static? Oh no, but of course they are in movement, because they are part of the cosmos, which is constantly in movement. Yes, I know. I'm just imagining that you are there and that you are looking around and you feel this vastness. vastness. You also see the others and so on. It should be beautiful. Do you also see the wise brotherhood? Yes. And who else do you see? The orbs, the masters, the souls. Everything that is in the upper levels and that moves, I can see. Do you mean you cannot see the people? Exactly. Ah, but you can see the people's souls, can you? <laughs> Another wise question. Yes, I can, but in a different way than you think. Then please describe us. A human soul operates via the connection into the different levels. You rem remember the description that every soul is anchored to the level from which it has entered the body. Yes. It retains the energy of this level. Mm -hmm. Also, souls that wish to help from come from the fourth level and incarnate into the body. And souls that wish to incarnate and to teach the convey wisdom, they work on the fifth level and so forth. You do understand this principle, right? Yes, I understand. But it is important to tell it to the people again. Therefore, please continue with your description. When the souls go into the body, They continue to work through the energy of this level, although they are in a body. The consciousness of these souls communicate constantly with, and in the best case, out of this level of consciousness, this stage. Ah, this is a nice description. This is the salient point, right? Uh, this means that I'm able to see and feel the soul energies that are connected to the respective planes of energy. But as long as they dwell in a body, I cannot see the souls themselves. Yes, I understand. To be honest, it is still very hard to understand for the average person because you now distinguish between consciousness and soul energy. Did I understand you correctly? Yes, you did. Mm. Nevertheless, they are not separate from each other. They work in an entire energy field and they do this as a closed system. Yes, I understand. These souls are in the body. 
Consciousness, of course, is also in this body, uh -huh. but it extends into certain areas of frequency of the cosmos, if I may say so in my capacity as an old quantum physics, in order <laughs> to make it more understandable for the people. Uh -huh. And when we talk about the expansion of souls, we are also talking about the expansion of consciousness, right? Right. You have put this very well, Sylvia. Because it is actually the consciousness that is bound to this vastness and follows the impulses and movements of the soul. That leads me to another question. I don't know whether I should ask, but let me try it. Does the soul follow the consciousness or does the consciousness follow the soul? The soul moves into the form of the human body mm -hmm. first. Consciousness is not bound to this form. But to answer your question, the soul follows the consciousness and the consciousness follows the soul. <laughs> the sequence is like the bodies that follow the soul and the soul follows the body. Everything in eternal harmony. Our soul, you, <laughs> you cannot say that a soul decides something without consciousness and that the consciousness follows this decision. No. It is an interaction. Hmm. It doesn't matter who it is that gives the impulse. Ah, I do not want to go into this subject any more deeply now because it could be confusing because you could think that consciousness is an independent energy which actually could not work without the soul energy. But that is wrong, correct? Correct. Both are bound to each other yes. like your brain to your body. Yeah. Perhaps this helps you to understand. The brain cannot be without the body and the body in turn cannot be without the brain. You understand? Yes, I understand that very well. This is perhaps a good really, I mean a really good comparison in order to clarify the underlying logic. Mm. Please continue with your description. So you see these others. Can you look down and is it then as if you were in heaven and you look down onto earth? Uh, <laughs> yes, somewhat like that. And are you not afraid to lose the ground under your feet? <laughs> Sorry, no, because I do not feel gravity, <laughs> Sylvia. Well, it is a fair question after all. I'm still in a body and I still feel gravity. Therefore, it is logical for me to think and feel like that. Yes, it's logical. Okay, so I can imagine you hovering at a certain level and all around you is the life of all the different levels. Yes? Yes. And then you work in Abhajanya from there. Yes. Is there something else we should know? Yes. Throughout the many levels, people will be alerted again and again to the different cosmic energies through impulses such as yours that you give in books or lectures. And by calling upon us, they cause our energy and our intention to move. That creates the movements of the cosmic energy. Hmm. So it is all a kind of interplay. Mm -hmm. Could you say that matter needs spirit and that spirit needs matter? Yes, you could, dear Sylvia. Because the exchange begins through the interaction of this energy. And this exchange means balance. And balance is the goal of the cosmos. 
but this also means that the souls often act without a conscious connection to the cosmos and through this create imbalance, another component that needs to be brought back into balance. But all of this keeps the internal circle of life in motion. Wow. That almost sounds as if all the rubbish that the people created have a meaning. Sylvia, you ask very willfully, very judgmentally. Well, I'm sorry. I happen to live on this planet at this time and it's not only funny and after all, you know me. I know you. But please, remain respectful in communicating with the spiritual world and do not judge the cosmos. Yes, I'm sorry. I did not mean to judge. I just wanted to help the people to understand. And when they understand that their mistakes are actually part of a system that exists in order to make the balancing out of these mistakes possible, then this is a good thing, isn't it? Yes, Sylvia, it is actually. Thank you very much for clarifying this. Because I really don't want you to think that you are not actually being punished for your mistakes, rather that this perceived punishment is just an appeal and a chance for you to compensate for these mistakes. And the tools for this are always there. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Now we have digressed a little. So, you have... Have you ever been able to consciously look at and perceive your present form, finally? I had asked you a little earlier, and then you had said no, you had not. You had not looked at your body yet. What is your body like right now? Vast. Okay, and how can I imagine <laughs> this? Round, oval? Wide. That means that you cannot describe a form, really. Exactly, Sylvia. <laughs> For I have not got a form. Can you imagine this? Mm. The form changes according to my movements. This makes sense. And is the beginning to get really complicated. And I will talk about this in another book with friend of the Indians who will explain the spiritual worlds in greater detail. In fact, this book is, re is existing already. And it's the initiation into the, um, into the map of the spiritual worlds. And we will read that here into our next season as a podcast. But still, I would like to know, have you ever looked up? I mean, is up for you as if you were directing your attention forwards? Or what is it like? Because when I look up into the sky from here, I know that the further I look, the darker it will get. What is it like with you? No, of course it will not get darker here. <laughs> On the contrary, here it will get darker below, mm. there where the people are. Well, this is a difficult statement because in touch, it touches up on <coughs> things that I wanted to avoid. But please briefly, if you direct your attention above you, what do you see? The source. Ah. And this is probably like a sun, right? Right. You could say that. But it is much more than just the sun. It's not just an orb that shines on the horizon. 
It is the entire horizon. I can imagine. A nice image. A beautiful picture, by the way. And did you ever want to go there? No. Why not? Because I'm here. And because I am very happy here. Why should I change that? Well, maybe because you're curious. <laughs> Sylvia, <laughs> you are still Sylvia. <laughs> no. No, but you are incurably in your way of asking questions. I'm so sorry. <laughs> the souls who are happy do not long for more, Sylvia, mm -hmm. for they are most effective where they are. And how they are. Hmm. Okay, dear. I hope I will be able to be like this one day, because I'm always so curious and full of longing in this life, and that is the motor of everything I do. Take your time, Sylvia. And you and we will see. Mm. But do keep your faith. Because even you will find your mode of being. Yes, okay. Back to the source. Can you see what else the source is doing? Does it send out energy impulses or energies? Is there any sort of movement that emanates from there, from it? Yes. Through the souls that it gives birth to, It sends out very many new energies. Wow, this is exciting. Please continue. You have to imagine this like birds on the horizon. Mm -hmm. They move away from the source and immediately into the soul form. They are very small and very fine. This tends to move very quickly into the direction of the second level in order to incarnate there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I seem remember that I have been taught that it is not the source itself that produces the souls but that the source creates mother souls that in turn create finally the souls. Can you see these mother souls? Of course. What do they look like? They are further smaller units that you can make out in front of the great sun of the horizon. That is where the souls emerge. Wow, and do some mother souls produce more, or is it always the same number of souls? All produce similar numbers of souls. Mm. But I suspect that this connection continues to be directed by the source in order to maintain the energetic balance. You mean that a mother soul will not be able to say, okay, I will now produce one million souls, and that other perhaps produce only one? <laughs> But that all of this happens in accordance with each other, right? Yes, yes, Sylvia. You can imagine this like children of human beings. Mm. Of course, there are some that have very many children. But generally, they will have about two or three children, mm. right? Yes, I think it may be a little less, but yes, an average. <laughs> okay, I have learned that a soul can expand to such an extent that it will become a mother soul. Are you aware of this? Yes. Have you ever asked yourself who invented all of this, like the cosmos? No. And what is your answer? The source. And this answer is enough for you? Why should it not be enough? <laughs> that is the answer. Well, but who created the source? <laughs> Human way of thinking will never end. Well, do you have an answer? No. It is really ex 
exciting question to me. Who created the sauce? Did it create itself, perhaps? Was it the artificial intelligence or whatever? What you described reminds me a little of a sort of a higher order, even higher than that. Well, that it is. It's not without system and order yes. here. Well, did you ever see really extraordinary things there? Mm, of course. And what, for instance? The departing of many, many, many souls at the same time. Wow. How do I have to imagine that? Through the sudden death of many millions of people or other beings, these souls are all expelled from their bodies and will then all find themselves on the first level of the diseased. This creates a heavy weight that the cosmos needs to bring into balance again. We all have to. Wow, but please describe exactly how I can imagine this. Is it a sort of energy wave or how... Do you perceive such experiences? We perceive this as impulses, mm -hmm. like waves, yes. The sudden expulsion from the bodies creates unconsciousness and shock in the souls. The souls themselves then mostly dwell on this level. That means that we have to balance out these waves of sadness and fear. Well, how do you do that? By trying to soothe the energy of desperation in these souls. We send waves of love to this level. Wow. And to think that they can't even see you. That is not crazy. That is crazy. Have you ever asked one of them whether these waves actually reach them and how? Oh, yes, they do. They are as, as light strips on the horizon to these souls. Somebody once told me. I understand. And that gives them hope again and it changes their energy, finally, right? Right. Is there a judgment on your part? Um, no. No. A comment? Yes. Life always seeks its own path even in the times that you live in right now. People give impulses that ultimately have to be brought back into balance. This is the way of things and it will always remain so. For human beings as for every other being in the cosmos. You are the impulse givers. We are the balancers. Interesting. And if a person does not feel like giving impulses, I mean, if a soul does not feel like giving impulses. Then it will become a balancer. Mm. And then it will only bring balance and assistance. And not reincarnate anymore, I guess. We've talked about this before, right? Right. That is right. Because the souls that create balance will through this also invigorate and lift their own energy. Or to say this in simple words, It makes you feel better. Mm, I understand. So even you who have no sensations <laughs> and organs of feeling can still conceive of something like feeling good and feeling bad. Absolutely, Sylvia, of course. Why do you say that we cannot feel just because we haven't got the appropriate organs? We have talked about this before. 
we feel. The memories, all the impulses of the cosmos, all of this together makes up the soul. It is the soul. And of course, the soul also remembers feelings and it knows what it wants and it reacts and acts exclusively in conjunction with these memories of feelings and the sensation of not feeling bad anymore. This wish to improve your state of being is the impulse for everything spiritual. It will urge it on to expand further and further and further and further into the vastness. <laughs> yes, you said this very beautifully. Would you like to add anything else to this subject now? No. Wow. Then we have, I believe, taken a very, very big, very demanding trip into the expansion of our consciousness as a human being. And I hope that the people will be able to accept it. I thank you very much for this. And I'm looking forward to talking to you with the, of in the next chapter. And for everybody who is interested more in more informations about the spiritual worlds, I highly recommend our next podcast season or to read the book, Initiation into the Map of the Spiritual Worlds. Thank you, love. Thank you, Sylvia, and especially for making me love, love.